Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. On a third now. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, Hail the Son of Righteousness, Light and life to all He brings, Risen and healing in His wings. Mild He lay His glory by, to turn around, shake hands, and fellowship. Those that are visiting, let them know that we're glad to have them tonight for service. you being here. I think you'll enjoy the program tonight. Let's pray and then we're going to get started. Father, we do thank you now for this time of the year. We thank you for the joy that you bring to our lives because of what this season means to us. We thank you, Lord, for coming to this earth and dying for our sins. I pray tonight that you use the program to remind us of what this season is all about. Bless each one that participates Make it a special time for all. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Christmas had always been Elizabeth McLaw's special time of the year. Her tiny cabin perched on a hill in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia was a world away from Bethlehem of Judea. And this year, 1848, was far removed from that first Christmas hundreds of years ago. But as she cuddled her newborn son, born on Christmas Eve, she imagined she knew a little of how Mary must have felt. As she gazed into the flickering fire on the hearth, her thoughts shifted to her husband, who would never know his own son. He had been a fine, hardworking man. He had hopes of becoming a doctor until the money ran out. Disappointed, he worked as a farmer until his patients ran out. She wasn't sure if it was her or the farm that reminded him of his failures. Whatever the cause, he was gone. He joined the army and went out west to fight the Indians. In a letter she had received, they said he had died as a brave soldier should. They said she would receive little money from time to time, but that was months ago. She thought she'd never know happiness again Till now, again, she studied the little infant in her arms.
Emmanuel Christmas McLaw. He became known simply as Manny. He went from being a little baby to a little boy to a little man in just a few years. He had to. He was the man of the house, and he was serious about his position. Wherever Manny was, there was music. Old Mr. Thomas, from up the road, gave him a mouth organ. The quiet, cold winter evenings heard many rich, sad melodies from the harmonica of Emmanuel Christmas. 1861 brought the dark clouds of war to Virginia. The call to defend the state from northern invaders was the only thing that could be talked about. They set up camp less than two miles from the McLaw cabin during the summer of 1862. Manny would fly through his chores and run to Mr. Mahoney's farm to drink in the excitement of the endless drills and marches. Around the campfire at night, the mellow harmonica of Emmanuel Christmas made the men of the Virginia Volunteers dream of home and loved ones left behind. Manny became a favorite of the soldiers. It was Clapton Claremont himself who suggested that he be the drummer boy. Manny could certainly master the drum and also be a brave soldier like his father. But the thought of his mother all alone brought him back to reality. Would she understand why he had to go? General Jackson says nothing's gonna happen. The fetters are across the river. Wait for winter. We're just supposed to watch them till cold weather sets in. Yet, yet serve under General Jackson? Yes, ma'am. He's a Christian, Mama, like you and me. He won't even fight on Sunday, unless in his corner. They say he lives by the New Testament and fights by the Old. Some men save and praise during the hottest battles, with bullets flying all around him. General Jackson says he's just as safe on the battlefield as he's in his parlor, as long as God wants him on earth. Oh, please, Mama, please let me go. You remember, I lost your father when he joined the army. Why, them engines killed him before he ever knows existence. But, Mama, I heard tell that General Jackson never loses any men. Fact is, he used to gain some from the other side. <laughs> Of course, Mama. You tell me all the time, Emmanuel means God with us. But Mama, doesn't it mean that God is with me like he's with General Jackson? I'm as important as a general to Jesus, ain't I? Emmanuel Christmas, you are a rascal! Yes, ma'am. Now, you will be home before the birthdays. The birthdays? Yours and Jesus. I want you to promise me you'll spend Christmas at home. You must be home for Christmas, son. Mama, I'll spend Christmas at home. I promise. Don't worry. There ain't going to be no fighting. Besides, I wouldn't miss Christmas at home for anything.
But there was fighting, serious fighting, desperate fighting. It took place near the little town of Fredericksburg in Virginia. December came, winter should have altered the armies, yet General Burnside sent his army over 150,000 to face the well-entrenched Confederates. Ordered to support General Longstreet's Corps, the small company of Virginia volunteers waited the, fierce, waited the outcome of the first battle. Before the battle was ended, there were over 18,000 casualties on December 13, 1862. Among them, a 13-year-old German boy from Berryville, Virginia. Emmanuel Christmas McLaw was running ammunition through the embattled defenders of the famous Stonewall when a great black shell exploded only a few yards away. The grizzled soldiers had earlier been inspired by the young boy's bravery. They were soon shocked to see him grimacing in pain. Manny was barely aware of the doctor. Darkness put an end to the war, but not the suffering. Manny was barely aware of the doctor, smelling of sweat, powder, and liquor bending over him. I can't. I can't beat the charge. My drum is broken. I can't beat the charge. You're, you're a doctor? Then it's over? My leg, doctor. It hurts so bad. Can you make it better, doctor? I got to spend Christmas at home. My mama said so. Oh, no, sir. You'll get all bloody. Do as I say, boy. He didn't even know where I brought it. The mangled leg would have to be amputated. And even that would be little help against the gangrene that knew would set in before night. In anger, he cursed when he found there was no chloroform for him to drink. A drip from his bottle braced him for the task ahead. Son? Doctor? Boy, you're gonna lose that leg. Now, doctor? Yes, now. There's no chloroform to help with the pain. So you have to drink it. Go ahead, drink it. My Lord will stand by me now, Doctor. Oh, religious, huh? Jesus is my Savior, if that's what you mean. Boy, you believe anything you want. Anything you want. It's almost Christmas, sir. Do you know who was born on Christmas? Well, I... It was Jesus. He's called Emmanuel in the Bible. It means God with us. God is right here with us both. He's, he's going to help us. I've been praying for you. Pray for yourself, if you will, boy, but I'll pass your Lord's help. Oh, no, sir. Nurse, get some men in here to hold the boy. God is with me, doctor. 
You won't need anyone to hold me. Please, doctor. Man, your God is with you, but he better be a good bit more powerful than I expect him to be. Fifteen minutes. It took fifteen minutes as fast as the hardened doctor work could work. Fifteen minutes must have seemed like an eternity to the boy. Over and over, the boy prayed. Oh, Emmanuel, God be with us. Oh, Emmanuel, God be with us. Oh, Emmanuel, God be with us. No one knew the doctor, not really, except by reputation. It was said he had no heart. They said he had liquor for blood, but he shook uncontrollably as he finished this operation. Drenched with sweat, he hurried from the hospital tent, hurrying to his own tent, hurrying to the darkness, hurrying to his bottle. He tried to sleep amid the moans of the dying, but his mind was filled with the boy who wanted to spend Christmas at home. The boy's voice echoed in his brain. Emmanuel, God be with us. Oh, Emmanuel, God be with us. Oh, Emmanuel, God be with us.
Emmanuel Christmas McLaw, the Christmas boy, was not getting any better. The doctor felt helpless against his weakening condition. Special medicines were secured. They had little effect. The embittered doctor resented the fact that he wished this boy to live. More than anything, he wished this boy to live. The doctor found himself checking in repeatedly. Doctor, is that you? Yes, son. Don't try to talk now. I have to, doctor. You see, I'm going home soon. That's not possible, boy. You'll be here several months until you get stronger. Heaven will be my Christmas home, doctor. The Lord will have me come home to heaven for Christmas. You don't know him, do you, doctor? Who? You mean your Lord? Yes, sir. While you were operating on me, I asked Jesus to save your soul. I told you it's too late for that, boy. Oh, no, sir. You don't know what I've done. No, sir, but God does. That's why he came to this earth to be with us and to die for those sins. The Lord told me I would see you in heaven. You stop that foolish talk. Why are you crying, son? My mama! She'll miss me! Will you give her my mama, doctor? It's here, under my pillow. My bad now, boy. I, okay. I just can't breathe so good. What's that bright light, doctor? What light, son? There. Oh, no. It's not a lie. It's him. It's Jesus. Don't you see him, doctor? They're singing for him. I'm coming, Jesus. I'm coming home.
The long road to Maryville, Virginia, gave the doctor plenty of time to think. He fingered the small Bible in his pocket to convince himself that the past few days were real. For the hundredth time, he read the inscription to Emmanuel C. McWall from Elizabeth Frederick McWall. Even as the wagon jostled over the frozen Virginia roads, he thought of his wife and of home. He hoped and prayed that his letter would reach her before he got home. My dearest Elizabeth, I hardly know where to begin. I guess I should start by confessing that the letter you received 14 years ago was forged. No, I wasn't killed in battle. I just wanted you to be free from the likes of me. I've always loved you. I guess by now you've heard about Manny. You'd have been proud, Elizabeth. Hundreds of men had died in my care, but Manny was different. During the worst of his suffering, he was more concerned about me than about himself. Even when he was dying, he was telling me about his Emmanuel. Oh, Elizabeth, I'm so sorry. If you can find it in your heart to forgive, I'd like to spend Christmas at home. You see, now, Manny's God is my God. I've shown the way home by my own son. All my love, Nathan Anderson McLaw.
I want us to stand all across the building, if you would, please. And our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And I want to ask you, there may be someone in the room tonight. Across the auditorium, I know we have many family and friends that are visiting with us and guests that have come to see your children, your family, and whatever. But there may be some of you tonight that are unsaved. Maybe you don't know the Lord. I don't know of a better time for you to get that settled than tonight. To really get it settled and to be able to know that you're saved. And to know without any doubt, without any question, that Christ lives in your heart. I want us to pray and we'll ask the ladies to come. Someone, Mary Jo, someone too. They're ready. And I want you to come tonight if you would. Just get up out of your seat in just a moment. And Rick, if you could help us get some of the house lights on here. I would appreciate it. But let's pray. And then when we sing, I want you just, if you're here today and you're uncertain, I want you to come. You want to come tonight be saved. This will be a great time for you to come. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you do have the power to save. You do have the power to make us your children. Thank you for the wonderful uh, dramatization of that tonight. I pray that it become a reality for someone tonight. Speak to hearts. Deal with hearts. If there be anyone in this room tonight that is unsaved, may they be saved in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing, I want you to come. If you're here tonight, you're not saved. Would you get up out of your seat and come? Let us take the Bible and show you how you might be saved. As we sing, would you come? Just as I am. Out one plea, Amen. But that Thy blood was shed yes. for me. Anyone? And that Thou bidst me come to Thee, O Lamb of God. I Amen. Now let's bow our heads for just a moment. Our ushers are going to be getting in their places in just a moment, and I want them to go ahead and begin to get ready. But I wonder, maybe you're here tonight. You say, Brother Ken, I don't know that I'm saved. I don't know that heaven is my home. I want you to pray for me, preacher. I want you to remember me. I'm not sure, but I do want you to remember me. Would it be anyone across the room? that just lift your hand up where I can see it, then you put it back down. But just let me pray for you and let me remember you. God bless you. To be anyone else, say, remember me, pray for me. Anyone else, let us remember you tonight in prayer. We're going to sing another stanza. I want you to come tonight. There are others, I'm sure, that are uncertain and don't know. I want you to come tonight. If you'll just come and walk down here, Take a seat on the front row. Somebody will meet you and they'll pray with you and they'll show you from the Bible how you can be saved. Let's do that tonight as we sing this next stanza. Come quickly in Jesus' Just name. Just yes. Will you come to, to rid my soul of one dark blood to thee 
whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb Amen. of God, I come. Now let's pray together and then after the prayer we'll receive our offering and then I'll come back and say just a word. Father, we do thank you tonight for what we have heard for reminding us of your saving power. Bless the offering now and meet every need in Jesus' name. Amen.